Hello, hello, and welcome to the Run of the Mills podcast. You are keeping up with the king as we make our way through the book of Matthew, and we are currently in Matthew chapter 11. And if you were with us last time, you know that we stopped at, um, where'd we stop? Oh yeah, we stopped at uh, verse 11. And um, so that would mean we're on verse 12. So uh, anyway, this is our 124th episode, and I'm glad you're with us today. And so again, as we say here all the time, I, I shouldn't say we, because it's me. I'm, I'm, I don't have guest hosts or anything, and I don't have like a staff of people to say we. Uh, as I say all the time here, uh, the context matters. And so uh, especially when we get to, well, all the time, the context matters. You know, The only time the context doesn't really matter so much is maybe the book of Proverbs, when there are these one or two line sayings of wisdom. You know, the, the context matters. So anyway, uh, with that being said, what we've been talking about is Jesus responding to uh, or speaking about uh, the disciples of John the Baptist who were sent to him. John the Baptist sent his disciples apparently from prison. Uh, we don't know why he sent them, but we know they came asking, uh, Jesus, are you the one or should we look for another? Uh, there's lots of debate, as I mentioned before, about why he sent them. I, I, I think that uh, the most obvious reason is he wanted to know. I think that's the most obvious reason. Um, I know a lot of people, uh, a lot of Bible scholars, um, they don't like that idea, um, whether it's because they have uh, a very high opinion of John the Baptist and think, well, no, he, in the way that Jesus speaks of him, that doesn't, that's not consistent with what we think about him. And so there must be another reason. And I think that's completely possible. I think that he, he, you know, as I said last time, uh, you know, the fact that we're talking about the unexpected king, that perhaps Jesus was not fulfilling the role that John the Baptist thought and said, and maybe he was thinking, like, did I misinterpret this? Am I, am I putting much, too much into this? You know, others say that, well, the, the uh, Bible scholars of the day uh, understood like the two comings of the Messiah because they saw the suffering servant and then they saw the one who was ruling on the throne of David. And, and maybe he was thinking, wait, maybe this isn't the, the Messiah, the King, maybe this is the other, the other guy, the, the, uh, the prophet after Moses, you know, so there's ideas like that. And some people think that he sent his disciples because it was for them. It was for them to ask the question so that they would be encouraged being that they were discouraged because John was in jail. Um, anyway, um, John is in jail when he's asking these questions, and Jesus is speaking highly of him. He says, Assuredly, I say to you, in verse 11, among those born of women, there is not risen one greater than John the Baptist, but he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And then verse 12, right? So verse 12 says this, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. Now, sometimes you get to these verses, and for me, this was one of those. When, I, when you read it, I've read this verse many times. When I read it, I was like, okay, wait a minute. This is another one of those. This is one of those weird ones. This is one of those verses that kind of makes me go like, okay, wait a minute. What, what's he saying here? So I kind of had some ideas. And there's some certain things that, that sometimes I'll do when I get to these verses like that. Like I might flip over and look at the, uh, say, the New Living Translation and, um, and read that. And it says, from the time of John the Baptist, began preaching until now the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and violent people are attacking it. 
Uh, it's kind of funny because they kind of swapped the last two lines in their interpretation. Um, but this this uh, this kind of helps out, uh, I think, to a degree for me. Um, but that's one of the things that I'll do. And if you've got more than one version of the Bible, that's an easy thing to do. If you have a Bible app, app on your phone, a lot of times you can do that with the press of a button, just swap to a different verse. The other thing I'll do is I'll start looking at at Bible commentaries, and sometimes you can find those. Again, you can find some some really well known ones online. Some of the classics written by old time Bible scholars, and maybe you're one of those people that has access to uh, to more modern um, commentaries. Maybe you have a collection of them. I don't know. So uh, anyway, uh, what I like to do then is look at Bible commentaries and kind of read and see what um, what those well-learned teachers have to say. And what I find uh, oftentimes is that uh, there's usually three results. Result number one, I read what they say and I go like, oh, okay, yeah. And I read three or four of them and I go, oh, they're all saying the same thing. They all, uh, I, I, I misunderstood what this was saying. I, I was interpreting a word wrong or I was looking at the wrong light. The second thing that sometimes happens is I read it and I go, oh, okay, yeah. They they came to the same conclusion I came to. Yay. Actually, I guess there's four things. Because the third thing is I start reading commentaries and I find that there's like all different views. Like I read five different commentaries and all five people had something totally different to say about it. Which kind of leads me to the conclusion in that one that this is uh, maybe a debated scripture. Maybe there's some there's confusion among scholars. And then there's the fourth thing. And the fourth thing is what I found to a large degree on this verse. And that is that oftentimes on tricky verses or tricky phrases in the midst of a larger teaching like this, where he's talking about John the Baptist, he's going to talk about Elijah. Um, sometimes they just skip it altogether. Like there's no mention of it. And I found that in a number, number of commentaries, there was just no mention of this at all. And so I found that, I found that kind of interesting, but um Basically, I, I think the New Living was really helpful in that because I think what, what's going on here is that Jesus is using the same phrase to mean two different things. And so when we read this and we see, um, when we see, oh, my Bible just changed to the wrong chapter. That's very strange. So anyway, when uh, that doesn't happen unless the wind's blowing or you're using the electronic version. So uh, when it says, uh, from the time of John the Baptist began preaching until now, uh, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and the violent and violent people are attacking it. Um, and so um, what's kind of interesting about that is the way he says, you know, from the time John the Baptist started preaching. And the thing to understand about the New Living Translation is it's it's uh, it's kind of a, an interesting uh, mix of a tr of a translation along with what would uh, be called a paraphrase. And so they're kind of giving you the idea of what's being said and not trying to be as literal in the translation. So the, the, uh, the New King James, which I usually use, uh, is a little bit more literal in its translation. And it says, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. Uh, and so it seems that the, uh, the idea is that, that uh, there's opposition. There's opposition and and this would be a really easy thing, again, to, for people to be discouraged by, you know, to be like John the Baptist, he's his prophet. But wait, he's thrown into prison. And what they're going to see in, with Jesus and his, uh, you know, arrest and trial and crucifixion to be like, wait a minute. 
this is not what I thought. This is, again, unexpected. This is an unexpected king. This is an unexpected forerunner to the king. Uh, you know, the, the ancient kings would have someone running before them, announcing to the people the king is coming so that the people could come and bow down or do whatever they needed to do. So when Jesus was born, shortly after John the Baptist, we know that Herod you know, put out a decree to kill a bunch of babies. Um, and we've seen the opposition to Jesus begin to ramp up. We uh, we we read about times where Jesus was where the people went, were going to stone him because they understood that he was making himself equal to God, and we see the opposition of the religious leaders of the day. We see the opposition uh, that that John the Baptist faces, where he's eventually you know beheaded. And so, you know, that's one of the things I think he's he's pointing out is the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. That there's this opposition to what God is doing. It's not just going to be, hey, we're ushering in the kingdom. Yay, it's here. It's There's going to be opposition. And the second part, I think, he's using the same terminology. And I think that's what makes it confusing. He says the violent take it by force. He's saying, you know, he's basically saying there's these people that are that are pursuing, uh, vi- you know, bringing violence against the kingdom. But the, the word can also... Um, not necessarily mean like physical violence, but the, the striving, uh, like the, uh, I'm trying to think of a good way to, to say it, like um, like running a race to that point of, of extreme exhaustion, uh, that kind of thing. And and, uh, and so it seems to be that he's, he's kind of using this play on words, where he's saying that uh, there are those that are going to bring violence against it, but there's also those that are going to pursue it, like to the point of death. You know, those who are willing to be martyred for it, those who will do the things he was saying in the previous chapter about leaving father and mother, um, following Jesus at the cost of all else. That's a big deal to lay down your life to say not my will anymore, but his will. And so uh, anyway, do I know that I'm right about what this what he's talking about? No, I don't. But the good thing is. This is not a verse that I think hinges our, a lot of our theology on, but I think it's one of those things that we can consider and uh, and, and look back and go like, wait a minute, wait, you know, this is, I think it fits the context where he's talking about with John, and uh, and I think it fits the uh, the total understanding of Scripture. I don't think it's outside of the realm of Scripture where we're coming up with something new. So even if we're wrong, the theological ideas there are are there already in Scripture. Uh, the opposition to to Jesus, and also uh, that that extremeness of following him, of laying down our lives, uh, you know, taking up our cross, those kind of things that he's mentioned earlier. So anyway, hopefully that helps you out. God bless you. Talk to you next time.